Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Another guy who has Minnesota sports flowing in his veins is our guy Darren Dookie Wolfson of Channel 5 Eyewitness News and also the Scoop podcast that you can find on the Score North channel as well. Judd, Declan, and Doogie, bonus scoops time. And uh, Dukes, I'm going to toss it right to you because since we last talked, there has been a ton of Timberwolves news come down. Nas Reed obviously being the key, agreeing to a two-year contract with a player option. But uh, tell us the latest that you have on the Wolves. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be another busy stretch, so certainly busy over the weekend with the Nas Reed news. The Wolves finally went up. To pretty much the max, they could have paid him. Glenn Taylor had a lot to do with that deal getting across the finish line. But then you think about right now, in the next 24-ish hours, Torian Prince's contract becomes fully guaranteed. There is a lot of buzz today, Judd, that the Wolves will either A, waive Torian Prince, or B, trade him. That Torian Prince... When we next chat on Thursday, whatever time that is, morning or afternoon, that Torian Prince will no longer be a Timberwolf. There is a pathway if you make a move on Torian and make a move on Jordan McLaughlin that you have close to the mid-level exception. Now, where that gets a little funky, and I'm far from a salary cap expert, I've reached out to a couple people, Bobby Marks, Included for clarity. So if I get that text back during this conversation, I will pass it along. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a restricted free agent. Do the Wolves extend him a qualifying offer? Does he accept the qualifying offer? I guess I would be surprised, based on Nikhil's performance in the playoffs against Denver, if the Wolves bypassed offering him a QO, a qualifying offer. Now, does he accept? If he accepts, it's like $7 million, give or take, essentially the Torian Prince money. So how high up can the Wolves get to that full mid-level of like 12-1 or 12-2? There is certainly buzz, tip of the hat to Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, one of my social media buddies, who suggested today that the Wolves have legit free agent interest in A, Bruce Brown of Denver, B, Dante DiVincenzo of Golden State. Now, checking with people, yes, I believe that information is spot on. 
I just don't know if you're getting Bruce, if he leaves Denver, to come here to Minnesota. Where Denver is handcuffed is they do not have Bruce Brown's bird rights. They can only offer him a little over $7 million a year. He turned down a player option at just over $6 million. So how badly does he want to run this thing back after winning that championship in Denver? Or will he go chase the payday? The Dallas Mavericks, some other teams. I mean, heck, Bruce Brown is going to have 8 to 12 teams very, very much in on him at just about the full mid-level. So the question for Bruce Brown is, okay, if you've got all these full mid-level offers or just about the full mid-level, why would you choose Minnesota over some other spots? Plus, maybe he just goes back to Denver on a short-term deal saying, hey, okay, I love it here. We won a championship. I've firmly established my role. You know what? I'll take the seven and change. Let's run this thing back. Then I'll get my payday, bigger payday down the road. Bruce Brown, by the way, played a lot of point guard or enough point guard for Denver. When thinking about Bruce Brown's potential role here in Minnesota, it would be sixth man, backup point guard. Inevitably, Mike Conley Jr. at his age is going to miss some games. Then he could start at the one, like he can initiate the offense. But I do think DiVincenzo is a bit more realistic. My understanding is Dante DiVincenzo has a lot of interest in playing here in Minnesota. Then when thinking about the landscape of the Western Conference, Judd, if you can somehow pluck Brown from Denver, you're hurting one of your rivals. If you can pluck DiVincenzo from Golden State, you are hurting one of your rivals. But I'm still trying to figure out the math so the Wolves can stay below that first apron, how much they can essentially offer each of these guys. It's not both. It's one or the other. But it does seem like the Wolves want to be very, very active when free agency opens early Friday evening. Do get a name I saw uh, banded about from our guy Kyle Tige, and you tell me if there's legit interest or if this, or more importantly, if also if there's just a natural fit here. What about Seth Curry? I have not heard Seth Curry steam. I've heard, you know, some other stuff like Monty Morris trade interest that there has been dialogue with the Washington Wizards, but the Wizards wouldn't do straight up Morris for Prince. So you would need to incentivize the Wizards with draft pick compensation. Well, the Wolves do have a few second round picks, but is that enough? So I was told last night that there really isn't any serious traction. Washington and Minnesota, but that Tim Connolly, the Wolves, have definitely registered interest in Monty Morris. So to, to go back to the Nas um, decision to bring him back on a three-year contract, which is a two-year contract with a third-year player option, and you, you mentioned Glenn Taylor. Did Glenn Taylor, did they go to Glenn about this and he approved it? Did Glenn step in? Like, what, what is your understanding of how the background of this worked to retain Nas Reed. Yeah, my understanding, Judd, is Glenn was involved. To what extent? I'm still digging through that. Did he have direct dialogue with Sean Kennedy and or Jeff Schwartz, Nas's representation? That I don't quite know. Or was it just a signal from Glenn to Tim and others in the Wolves front office? Hey, go as high as you can go. Let's pay him as much as we can pay him. I just know that Glenn helped get this deal across the finish line because Nas was going to have a rock-solid market. I mean, the Spurs team, legit. J.B. Bickerstaff, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 
Like, they had interest. Now, how exactly Nas would have fit in there in Cleveland, not quite sure. Dallas. I mean, Dallas seemingly is tied to a lot of guys, but Dallas is another team that I had heard tied to Nas Reed. So, like, there was definitely a market out there if Nas chose to get all the way to Friday, which I'll tell you, I am surprised. I really am. I know how much he likes it here. Heck, seeing him at the facility eight days ago when I was there for the Gabe Kausher pre-draft workout told me all I needed to know. The fact that Nas has set up home base here, he has been here since the season ended, right? He's been at Mayo Clinic Square often. I get all that. I just thought minutes mattered a good amount to him. Now, hey, Judd, like one year from now, are we sure that all of Nas, Cat, and Rudy Gobert are on the roster? So Nas, there's still a pathway to Nas playing 27 to 32 minutes a game this next season. Then two seasons from now, okay, Cat gone or Gobert gone. So Nas, then a starter, then hits unrestricted free agency, presumably saying, okay, that player option, I've got the hammer. I'll choose to re-enter the market at 26 years old. I will not exercise that third-year player option. Dude, we uh, threw out a pretty reckless trade idea today. You did? On Mac and Judd. No, Phil No did. way! Phil did. All right. Don't don't leave this into me. Don't leave this into me. All right. Uh, He said straight up, would you just do this trade? Except we've been talking a lot about Portland and what they were going to do with that number three pick. Maybe they could even still move Scoot Henderson. What the hell are they going to do with Dame Lillard, whether it's a trade or or keeping him? Well, how about just straight up Carl Anthony Towns for Damian Lillard? Cat for Lillard. I'm writing this down, trying to process it. Cat has five years. How much money left? About two seventy five or two eighty. How much does Lillard have back? Dame has like forty five. Did you fire up the trade machine? The such and group the trade machine. Does actually, it work? Did, we actually a did one not, for one. We did not fire up the trade machine for for this. Okay, one. but I imagine the money probably works. Would I do that? Yes, I would do that. You mean to tell me that's the best deal that Portland can make? I mean, I think I'd rather have Tyler Hero plus three first round picks. How many first-round picks does Miami offer, I guess is the question. But I think I would rather have all that draft capital plus Tyler Hero compared to Cat at five years, close to $280 million guaranteed. This trade, by the way, fails on the trade machine. I just tried Whoa. It. You can make it work, though, on the edges, right? Yeah, you add you in Jordan yeah. McLaughlin or you know, people in there. whomever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know who needs to add there, Declan, but if that's the base, you can work around. If you can agree to a base... You can always make the money work. I just don't know if it gets to that point. And Portland's GM put out a statement last night saying, hey, I just had a productive conversation with Damian, with his representation. We are moving forward. We are committed to building this thing around Damian Lillard. But hey, if they don't make the right moves in the next few days, does Damian get to the point of saying, okay, I want out? And if he does, I would imagine Portland honors the request. But if it gets to that point, he'll have a decent amount of say, even though he doesn't have a no trade clause, but he'll still have some say in where he lands. I have a hard time believing that Damian Lillard says, Hey, send me to Minnesota when he knows Miami is a legit option. So Dukes, it sounds like you are predicting or saying from your sources that while we certainly aren't going to get a Gobert trade splash from the, the Wolves, that you do expect them to be at least active when free agency opens. Is that Correct? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, that's exactly it. That they are looking to make a I mean, move. That's interesting. 
that yeah. they're looking to add somebody that certainly, you know, it's somebody that upgrades the backup point guard position, but that's no longer Jordan McLaughlin. Now McLaughlin may still be on the roster depending on some sure. moving parts, but that Jordan McLaughlin isn't the backup point guard that they're definitely looking to make a move, but somebody that has position flexibility that can guard ones and twos play some two, but when need be play some one. So yes, I fully expect the wolves to be very, very active early Friday evening. All right. On to twins. Well, I've got some more. Yeah, I've got some more. So there's some buzz on Corliss Williamson. I loved like when Corliss played at the university of Arkansas, Back in the mid-90s, under Nolan yeah. Richardson, I was a huge Corliss Williamson fan. So yeah. he is now, what, 48, 49 years old. He has coached in the league for a while, but not for the last couple years. He was helping mentor one of his children, a son, that is now on his way to play college basketball at Little Rock. Right. So yeah. his son, that son that he was mentoring, has now graduated high school on his way to play college basketball. So Corliss is looking to get back in the league as an assistant coach, developmental coach, just get back. And the buzz is the Wolves are having dialogue with Corliss Williamson about adding him to their staff. I don't know the exact role, but if you look on, you know, his Wikipedia page or whatever, I mean, you know, he's been a top assistant. Heck, his name has come up for head coaching jobs at different mm-hmm. points. In fact, maybe it's worth Googling quickly, Declan, if Corliss is ever interviewed. For head coaching job, but big nasty. He's a guy. He's a guy. Big nasty. I loved him too. Absolutely. I loved him. So anyway, he's a guy that I hear is having dialogue with the wolves that it's far down the road. But don't be surprised if Corliss Williamson joins the Wolves staff in some capacity. Also former NBA forward Alonzo G. I don't know the exact role, but he too is somebody that is now he's doing stuff with the wolves. Any clarity on exactly what? But he's a guy that they've added in some capacity. So Alonzo G, Corliss Williamson, the Wolves summer league coach. I don't think Uh this is out there. Will be one of their developmental coaches. Maxime, I hope I'm saying the name right. Maxime Lefevre. Maxime Lefevre. So he will be the Wolves summer league coach. Yeah, it does. Like he played for the Montreal Canadiens for absolutely. On the left wing takes the pass (laughs) from Galchenyuk back to Lefevre. You got it. So anyway, Maxime Lefebvre, Wolves developmental coach, is said to be the Wolves summer league coach when they Mm -hmm. ramp up play in Vegas in a couple weeks. Kyle Anderson may play in the World Cup for China, but no final determination has been made yet. I'm also waiting to hear on Carl Anthony Towns, the potential he plays for the Dominican Republic, and also Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Will he be in for Team Canada? We know as of yesterday, Rudy Gobert is in for Team France, even though they are guaranteed a spot in the Olympics no matter what. They are the host country next year. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you volunteering this information? It's going to piss me off even more. Well, here, this will really get you going. You did that on purpose. You did that on purpose. The Wolves publicly will say all the right things. They just will. They have to. They absolutely would have loved for Rudy to say no to France. They let him know that. In an ideal world, Rudy Gobert doesn't play for France August into early September. The number one draft pick in the draft said, you know what? I know. Concentrate on my Spurs job. Mm -hmm. 
What is he doing? I know. The pull of playing for his country was just too strong for Rudy, but I'm telling you, the Wolves will say everything right publicly, but behind the scenes, I promise you, they're like, crap, why? Like, we really didn't want this to happen. So anyway, yeah, Gobert in for Team France, which was out there yesterday, but I wanted to add some context about the Wolves preferring that he didn't make this decision. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, sir, twin scoops. What do you got on the baseball front? Yeah, well, I wrote down a few things. I'm actually heading over to Target Field right after this conversation. I'll connect with Sean Johnson looking ahead to the draft, which begins on July 9th. The Twins have four picks in the top 100, three picks in the top 50, including the fifth overall selection. I know Sean and some other people with the Twins, heck, across Major League Baseball, prefer that the draft go back to June, that it's not in early July or mid-July at the All-Star break. That they would what? love it for it to be, you know, maybe there's a tie to the College World Series that it would have taken place last week, or it used to be earlier in June. But like Sean is on his way later this week to North Carolina. There's a big event, 2024 draft prospects, right? So yeah. there's all this work being done this month on the 2024 draft class before the 2023 draft. But anyway, exciting times for the Twins front office with all those high picks, the fourth largest draft pool so they can get creative if they so choose that if they want to cut a deal at pick five with a guy that's maybe below pick five but then a lot some of that money towards some of those other picks in the top 50 but anyway i'll add a little bit more on thursday after my conversation later today with sean injury front caleb Fieldbar. he's at least another few weeks away that oblique strain but he's at least throwing but he won't be back before the all-star break jorge polanco He'll still be a little bit like, I don't think it's going to be late July, but he's going to go on a rehab assignment. He didn't last time with the hamstring. He'll go on a rehab assignment this time around. Papa Rusta blamed himself. I know. I saw that. Yeah. So anyway, but Jorge's running, he's doing some stuff, but he's still a ways away from rejoining the twins. 26 man roster. As far as I can tell, they are not close on any sort of trade but certainly enough dialogue is taking place. On Buxton, um, it, it was, I thought the most interesting thing of him departing from a game, and he has pinched hit the last couple of games, uh, with a with back spasms was that Baldelli alluded to the fact then, I think after the initial game, that Byron has had an ongoing back problem this year. Do you know much about that? And like, where do we stand right now with, with Buxton? Because not all, I guess not only... Darren, would we not expect that he is going to play the outfield at any point in 2023, if ever again? But it also seems to me like we are adding more injury problems that are just going to make it hard to be an everyday player, even as a DH. What can you tell us about the Buxton thing? Right knee, back, you know, ribs now, various problems. Yeah, I mean, go up and down the list. By the way, just got a text. Kyle Anderson just landed in China, which would seem to signal that he will commit himself to playing for Team China. Yeah, I mean, he underwent surgery. Yes, but he's back in the gym. The eye is okay. But yes, like he like legitimately underwent 
a surgery. Now, we can debate minor surgery, major surgery, but to me, if you're ever being operated on with your eye, that to me is a major surgery. So Kyle Anderson underwent surgery after missing game five, getting poked in the eye by Anthony Edwards, obviously an accident in game four against Denver. But yes, he's okay now. So signs point to him playing for Team China. I mean, heck, the fact that he just flew over there, just landed in China, would seem to signal that he'll play for Team China. On Buxton, Judd, all I know is before this latest back ailment that popped up, that there was a sense that he is okay to play in the field. But, like, at this point, Judd, he's not going to be 100% for the duration of his seven-year contract, whatever year this is in that contract, year one, year two, year three, but under team control for many more seasons, that he's going to have to continue to play through different ailments. Now, thankfully, I've told you this before. Like, you take the temperature of enough people with twins, and I have. That is the toughest guy in that clubhouse. There's not a tougher guy in the twins clubhouse than Byron Buxton, but it's just very unfortunate. But then it goes back to... You know, this team-friendly contract. At the time, we're like, okay, seven years, $100 million? Like, why didn't Buck just get all the way to free agency? Why would he take that deal now? Right? So what did Buck know? What did his camp know about the future when they accepted those terms? Dukes, what does uh, your sense tell you with the trade deadline looming? More obvious candidate than going after bullpen help or them going after something in the lineup to get this dang lineup to, to hit a little bit more consistently? Well, I mean, you need both, right? Yeah, you do need both. But, I mean, much easier to acquire. Not that it's hard to acquire, you know, some bat, right? But easier to acquire a reliever, right? So, like, I'll be shocked if they don't add one reliever. Heck, you can make a case for adding two relievers. But certainly adding one reliever, no doubt about that. On the bat side, like I've been asked a lot about Paul Goldschmidt. And hey, I get it. The Cardinals at this point should sell. But are they really moving Paul Goldschmidt? You know how much it would take to acquire Paul Goldschmidt, who's under team control through next year? So you'd have him for two pennant races, an entire season next season? I have a hard time believing the Twins are parting with Brooks Lee and other pieces to bring in Paul Goldschmidt. I've not heard legitimate buzz, but I've been asked that a bunch, right? Just like I've been asked about Shohei Ohtani. That's another one. I just have a hard time believing the Twins are acquiring Shohei Ohtani, who they had a lot of interest in signing before he ultimately chose Anaheim, but I don't see Anaheim, the Angels, trading him here to Minnesota. Who threw Goldschmidt out? Yeah, I don't remember. It might have just been Twitter fodder. It was was a Twins Daily article was the one that threw it out the first time, and also because the Cardinals are putrid, his name's been starting to surface a little bit. That's all it is. Okay. Because I I would imagine on any such trades or possible scenarios like that, too, there are other teams that have a deeper prospect pool now because the Twins have gone in. You know, to their credit, I guess, have gone into their prospect pool. So I'd be curious, like, what the packages could be. Because if we're talking Goldschmidt or Otani, I'm guessing that the amount of interest would be very, very high. And that some teams could put together a package that would just flat out beat what the Twins could potentially do now. Correct. You know, and Goldschmidt's still performing at a high level. Maybe not quite, you know, his 21 or 22 numbers. But Paul Goldschmidt is still a superstar. So you would have to offer so much. That's not just some sort of salary dump. Now, the name I'll be curious on, John Morrissey, another one of my social media buddies from MLB Network, volunteered some information earlier this week that the Texas Rangers 
have shown interest in Andrew McCutcheon of the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates have not played good baseball the last couple weeks. Now, the National League Central seems to be wide open. Heck, maybe even still for the Cardinals if they went on some sort of Reds-esque run, right? But, like, who is the best team in the National League Central? Who do you trust the most in the National League Central? I'm not sure I trust the Reds' starting rotation, for example. Not sure I trust the Cubs' offense. I think the Brewers have enough warts. So maybe the Pirates still look at it and say, maybe we can make some sort of run. Now, I bring up McCutcheon's name because the Twins, before he signed with Pittsburgh, went back to Pittsburgh in the winter. The Twins were heavily in the mix for him. But at the time, the Twins couldn't guarantee him regular playing time. That regular playing time was very important to him. Now you look at how everything unfolded. Right, It's like he would have had plenty of playing time here. But there was legit interest in McCutcheon. So if the Pirates get to the point of of seriously entertaining offers for McCutcheon, I would imagine the Twins would be in that mix. Final scoop, sir. So I was with Oliver Moore the other day. NHL draft, round one. Tomorrow night, the Wild with pick 21. Oliver Moore is a center from Moundsview. Played at Totino Grace High School for a couple years, then transitioned to the USA Developmental Program. So I was with him for a TV story that will air tonight on Channel 5 in the Twin Cities at approximately 6.50. Great kid. I don't know if he gets all the way to pick 21, but center, right? Logical match. He told me he had a very good combine interview with Bill Guerin, other people with the Wild. But I imagine he goes before pick 21, perhaps maybe even in the top 10. There's a chance that he is the 10th Minnesotan, only the 10th Minnesotan in NHL draft history to go Top 10. It's been a few years. I think Casey Middlestat. Declan, yep. can I rack your brain? He did go Is Casey five. Middlestat the last Minnesotan, though, to go top 10? Like, Logan Cooley went high yep. last year, but he's not technically he's a Minnesotan. Right from here. Yep. So I think Casey Middlestat to Buffalo, what, five, six, seven years ago, was the last Minnesotan to go top 10, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Like, Blake Wheeler went top 10, but that would have been 10, 11, 12 Gretzky. years ago, right? Gretzky took him. For the Coyotes at the time. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, anyway, so Oliver Moore has a chance to go yep. top 10. If he doesn't go top 10, I imagine he goes top 15 to 17. Although, I guess if he falls to 15, 16, 17, maybe there's some interest in the wild moving up. But the hook, the scoop would be, he told me he's open to moving to wing next year with the Gophers. So you think about a potential top line of Jimmy Snuggerud, who, by the way, I'm hanging with tomorrow for a TV nice. shoot. So Jimmy Snuggerud on one wing. Logan Cooley at center, then Oliver Moore on the other wing. So he told me he's very open-minded, if Bob Motzko wants to do that, to playing wing in year one with the Gophers next season. Like it. All right, sir. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again on uh, Thursday. You got it. And Diamond Miller, probably back. I mean, she was moving around pretty good at Lynx practice when I was over there yesterday. So I imagine she makes her return tonight. The Lynx host Seattle. She's been out with an ankle injury since May 30th. Keep losing. Thanks a lot, Dukes. Okay, see you, boys. Bye-bye. Bye.